Ahoy. Ah, Nick Stover. Welcome to the Fifth Gear Pin Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Hey, no problem. So, guys, hey, sorry for uh, sorry for the long delay. I know I was looking at it last week, and the the first one we did was January thirtieth. <laughs> so it's it's been a few months, and and Schultz and I have been really busy, and then trying to make things happen. And it was going to happen tonight, but apparently Schultz has decided to go to Newport Beach somewhere and uh, put back some some suds. So. I was lucky enough to get you talked into doing it with me tonight. There, I, Stover. It it was uh, it was a difficult decision, but uh, after enough beer was uh, was promised, uh, you got me here. Yeah, and and I know it was a rough beginning because when I called you, you were in the car with your lovely uh, fiance, and she said anybody was better than you. Yeah, uh, so apparently you had many, many options, but all of them turned you down, except for me. <laughs> well, when she said that, I said, okay, well, then I guess you're doing it. She's like, oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a little, we'll, we'll call it microphone shy. Um, I, on the other hand, will happily talk as long as you'll let me. No, yeah, well, we'll we'll talk until we're we're done talking, or until we think uh, people are bored and not listening anymore. But uh, well, that's you know, only going to take a couple minutes. So, a couple minutes of me, yeah, yeah, you they'll probably listen to for you know another hour and a half. But I'm I'm not that exciting. Neither is Schultz, but you know, <laughs> he's drinking beers in Newport, so who cares? Well, he's he's got to recover from you know that mediocre performance he put in at Best in the Desert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what did he finish? Second? I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't good enough for me to remember. So I don't remember. I talked to him the other day about it. And I, I don't know. I think he finished like ten seconds behind first or something, or something happened and whatever. But you know, yeah. he's shoot, he's almost forty now. So his his speed, well, the speed he's always thought he had is, <laughs> is diminished clearly yeah. now that he's almost forty. Yeah, well, it it happens. Maybe uh, maybe it's time for him to get like a razor or something. Uh, well, I, he has a what does he have? He has a rhino. That, I mean that that might be something more his speed, his skill level. Yeah, but you know, have, have you ever seen him driving that thing? It's got I, some giant pipe on it. It's all noise and no go. Well, so. that's yeah. That that's kind of typical for uh, Yamaha, so it's all good. <laughs> oh. Wow. You, you guys that, know about that, right? I don't know nothing about that. My Yamaha hammers are all good, man. They're all good. All right. All right. <laughs> you, you, you believe what you want to believe, and yeah. I'm going to say what I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> so th- there's been a lot. I mean, again, like I, like I said, and, and you've reminded me, I think, every single week since February, hey, uh, are you guys going to do another podcast? I need something to listen to on my way to work. No, it, it's not even on on the way to well, kind of on the way to work. But yeah, just just the drives from Wyoming to California or wherever the race is that weekend. I I need me some uh, some Perkins and Schultz in my life. <laughs> well, we'll we'll try to keep those going. Although you're moving right back to Cali now. Yep, back going going back to Cali. Missed you guys too much and uh so uh, we're uh, we're coming back. You know, we had a nice one year experiment. Almost missed all of the uh the California lockdowns with COVID and all that. So 
it was uh it was it was a fun uh fun time up here but yeah it's coming to an end yeah i've been doing my best to miss all of that california lockdown baloney and spending my time in in utah so it's uh i've been back for i don't know three days now and tired tired of traffic yet it's just not the same, man. I mean, <laughs> the JS Buchanan Chittister Transport Racing Compound in Mona, Utah is it's just peaceful yeah. and serene, you know? I, it doesn't take but about 20 minutes of getting back into California from being there for two months to lose all that peace and serenity. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so, hey, in any case, you know, it's it's been, what, February, March, April, May? almost four months since yeah. we did something a lot yeah. of things have changed and happened uh since schultz and i did the first one with racing on the west coast and yep. um there's been some predictions that were correct and some that were way off but all right yeah, well, let's talk about that what's the predictions that have been correct oh well i think uh i think you guys got got it right as far as the you know top riders and that sort of thing and um, the things that you got wrong, I think were, uh, you know, seeds, uh, hair care routine. Um, I think it's far more involved than what you guys originally thought. Yeah. And, and I was, I was reminded, uh, or corrected, I should say by, <laughs> by, uh, Pervine Jamaha racer, women's pro Avis Ovestri that it's not a curling iron that seeds has. It's a hair straightener. Yes. Yeah. Hair straightener. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he uh, you know, there's not, you know, it's not very long, but uh, it what's there needs to really be sticking out so that uh, everybody notices it. Well, he's not hard to not notice. Well, he's so good so, looking. Yeah, I mean, he's he is a really good looking dude, I guess. <laughs> as far as hair straightener owner males go, with with, with as much hair product as he uses, does he need to wear a helmet legally? Dude, I don't even sure if he showers, dude. I mean, with that much hair product, it's got to be expensive. So you probably don't do a whole lot. He probably wears a hairnet at night so it doesn't move anywhere. Does he have a tramp stamp that says uh, caution flammable? Because that stuff's got to be able to go up pretty quickly. Yeah, I think he's he's more of a, what is he? He started track snack guy. Yeah. Whatever yeah. that apparel company he started. But <laughs> But anyway, let's not waste any more time on that. <laughs> washed up vet pro 30 something year old dude wow just yeah all, all the vet pros there there's there's a no, list I, like I didn't say guys. all of them i didn't say all of them oh okay just him just him robbie right. bell and and mark samuels are fantastic they're still fast um i think they're just they're a little bit older i think than than seed so they're trying to let the youngster win some well, so. i mean they, i i personally feel they should let the youngest in the class win but which would be you that would be me. <laughs> the same guy that comes by me after like two laps and goes oh i'm so tired well it's vet two class. laps in it's vet <laughs> class i i thought we we started the day off with beers and then ended it with ice cream you would think right that was, that was what my hopes and dreams were but apparently not these guys it would appear that they're working out and riding a little bit more than what i have been yeah see i mean Think about what you just said, you know, beers and ice creams to start the day. Yeah. Everybody's got their own training program. It's not everybody else's fault that they're not following your program, which 
it seems to, to be a little bit cheaper than trainers and all that other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know. There's there's a lot of ice cream that that adds up pretty quick. <laughs> uh, well, hey, as long as we're talking about Vet Pro guys mm-hmm. and the Vet Pro class, let me throw this at you. All right. You know, because I do all the you know I do all the social media for NGPC District Thirty Seven and SRA and some yeah. other people, and the most common thing that I get is in regards to Mark Tilly. Okay. So, so Mark Tilly is, you know, you and I know, and I think most people know he was, he was a former pro. Yep. He was fast, you know, when he was younger and let's be honest, he's still he's, fast. He's fast now. You, but, you start comparing lap times. He's right up there with the, uh, the you know, top, top five, top 10 in the pro class. Yeah. But the biggest complaint has been that he, you know, he hasn't raced the pro class in years, years. And with what he's been doing, there's guys that are in that vet A class that he's racing that strongly feel like he should be racing vet double A and not the vet A. What are your thoughts on that? That's kind of the the beauty of the pro classes. Anybody at any, any time can sign up for it, but nobody is forced to. So if Mark doesn't want to sign up for a pro class or double A, nobody can make him. And I personally, I, I kind of like that. Um, you know, he just because his talent level is up there and is very competitive with the, that pro class, I don't think that he should be forced to race it. Um, you know, they, he's, he's not in the running for that pro title, um, but he still gets that expert national title, but you know, there's, you can't force somebody to race pro. That's right. Correct. And he, he did, you know, he took a, a year off of racing and dropped back down to the expert class. And so he's done everything according to the rules. And so I think it's fine that he's, he's racing uh, in the expert class and, He's, he's just fast. He's, he's good on a bike and that's, you know, the, the other guys are going to have to step it up if they want to beat him. If not, then settle, settle for whatever position they're getting. Well, and I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, is that really any different than any of the other classes, whether it's A, B or C, you know, expert, intermediate and novice where there's not, just some guy in there that's killing it and if, you're not uh, catching uh, him. As long as they qualify for that class, I, I think there's no problem with that guy being in that class. The lower classes, they have, you know, they have transfers and stuff to move people through the, the ranks and get them up to where they should be. But expert is really the, the highest level. And then you move to double A for that pro title. But realistically, it's not um, on a district level. It, it it's not a skill class that we can bump people into. Yeah. I mean, it's different at the expert level, you know, that's it. Yeah. There's, there's nothing above it except for that double A or pro class, which, you know, you, you can't be forced to go into. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I, I guess I see, you know, one side of it because, you know, Tilly's fast. Yeah. And, and he runs with seeds and Samuels and, and Robbie, in that race 
every well, time. Thanks for leaving me out of that. Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. And Stover. I forgot you were racing that. Dude, I tracked him down and beat him at Havasu. But it's fine. Go ahead. Ignore me. Ignore my rides. <laughs> Did he get a flat or something? Or Wow. Wow. <laughs> Dude, straight uh, up two-stroke domination oh, in the sand. No, I know what it was. He blew up his bike on Saturday. No, he didn't. He, okay. Right. I, I talked to him after the race. He was just disgusted at the track. That's it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, that's not your fault. You beat him. Exactly. You say you beat Martilli. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's my claim to fame this year. Man, nothing wrong with that. All right. So let's talk about racing uh, in general. Um, we've got. You know, we've got some pretty major series on the West Coast with, you know, NGPC and Works and National Hare and Hound and Western Hare Scrambles. You got all the District 37 stuff from Desert Racing to Sprint Enduros. Um, I know there's a first annual Pioche Grand Prix that's starting next weekend up in Pioche, Nevada. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, that doesn't even include what side-by-side races with you know dp4 and then you've got best of the desert that's around as well doing motorcycles and yeah, you got trucks and all that the, then along with that district 38 district 36 all, you know, and then the yeah the offshoots of uh you know non-ama uh events but yeah there's, it's it's a long list and i mean this weekend i think i I counted six or seven different races that I could choose to go to between here and Glen Helen. Yeah, that's, and, and that's a lot of options. I mean, you know, back, you know, shoot 20 years ago when I started district, I mean that there wasn't a whole lot of options No. now. Now there's just a ton. And then you've got what that other series that started, uh, the guy that left, uh, best in the desert legacy racing association mm-hmm. you know those guys are racing this weekend a two-day i don't know, I think it's like 630 something mile two-day event so yep. yeah there's there's plenty of options going around to do stuff oh yeah but let's talk about uh let's talk about the pro side on the on the gp side so let's get into that first sure um you know you've got You've got Works and you've got NGPC, the National Grand Prix Championship Series. Um, those are the two biggest GP series on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and those those two organizations, as far as the Pro and the Pro 250 classes, are pretty stacked. I mean, the fastest guys on the on the West Coast for sure, if not the entire United States, are racing in both those series. Oh yeah, I mean the that's the the premier series for for the West Coast, um, and you know the the East Coast guys have come out a couple times to to come and play, and it's it's a different speed than what they're used to, so they have to they get a, a little bit of time to adapt to that. But yeah, they I think Caleb when he came over, his best result was a fifth, and he was here for six months. So yes, yeah, two thousand seventeen. Yeah, it, yeah, it's. It, you know, arguably, um, you could say that it is the, the faster, the, the fastest guys are out here. I mean, you get Taylor going back, back East and doing, well, the ISD stuff where he's, you know, overall winner and stage winners and, you know, uh, winner on the day compared to these other guys that are, you know, Caleb and, um, the Baylor brothers that they're, you know, 
they're super fast. That's they're they're insanely fast at what they do. Um, but you get them out here and they're kind of out of water and even, and then you get Taylor back there, Taylor doing the ISD stuff and he can match them. And they're, so it's like you, it, they, it can, a case can be made that the, the faster guys overall are out here. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I would say arguably you could say that, you know, for the last five years, for sure that, you know, Taylor Roberts been the best all around off-road racer the mm-hmm. United States has. You mm-hmm. know, and, and no no disrespect to Caleb Russell. I, I no. know Caleb. I mean, that dude's won seven championships in a row. No, dude, dude, dude's an animal. Yeah, and he, he's an animal. But, you know, I don't know that he does all the stuff that, that Taylor's done from, you know, the desert racing to the enduro crosses to now he's doing hard enduros and mm-hmm. GPs and, and ISDE and, you know. But it's hard to pick, you know. You can't just right. say one guy. And you know, to be honest, you know that's like the last five years. Now mm-hmm. you've got, you know, when you get you get on the work side of it, you know, Taylor doesn't race uh, NGPC. He he never has, mm-hmm. um, as far as I know. But at the work side, I mean, you've got him, you know, and then then there's Dante Oliveira. Yeah. I mean, Dante has been fast for a while. He just kind of needed to put it together. I think he hit the ground a lot and made mistakes a lot. And he, he figured it out last year and, and he won an AMA national grand prix championship. Yeah. Well, he's, he, he's, he's young. He's learning. That's, you know, that's kind of what it takes is he got hit the ground a couple of times to learn what not to do and how to get out of those situations or how to not put yourself in those situations. And Dante's done a, you know, an amazing job of getting to that level. And, you know, in the past two years, not really having any big injuries. Um, he's, it's, it's been very interesting to see him come, come up and, you know, be that guy that's now challenging Taylor for the wins. Cause they've, They've traded wins pretty much this, uh, the first half of the year for works, I believe, right? Yeah. I mean, Taylor's gone 2 1 2 1, and Dante's gone 1 2 1 3. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're, I think Taylor's still leading the points, but only by a couple, I think. Yeah. But, you know, you've got, then you've got Austin Walton. Yeah. Know, the, the factory Husky guy. And, you know, he, he hurt himself at the end of the year last year, unfortunately, when he was in the hunt for, you know, the NGPC title. And I think it's taken him a little bit to get going this year. But yeah, the last couple of races, he's been, yeah. he's been solid. Yeah, a little bit to find his footing, get regain that confidence from before the, the injury. But, yeah, he's, uh, he's putting in really good rides. And, you know, see him all the time on uh, – Instagram, social media, all that, that, you know, he's, he's training, he's putting in the work. So it's just, just a matter of time, um, you know, find, find the right track, something that he's a little bit more comfortable than what the other guys are on and just have, have a good day. And he's, he's got to win. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, at the last works round, I mean, he finished in between, you know, Taylor and Dante and yep. he was pestering Taylor. Yeah. It, it wasn't, he wasn't. That far off. No. And, and I think, I think that's good, 
you know, as far as off-road racing goes, especially on that work side, because that's where Taylor's done all his racing. But, you know, for years I've watched Taylor and he starts, he gets out front, he pushes for a couple laps and gets his little gap and then he just maintains mm-hmm. and, and he's just won all the races. Get, you know, get I mean, his 30, 40 second gap with that sprint speed. And then yeah. all you got to do is maintain it. And it's a lot easier to keep someone, you know, 40 seconds back than it is to keep them 10 seconds back or five seconds back. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, I've really been impressed with this year's, uh, SLRs Cole Martinez. Yeah. He's uh, put in some, some really good rides. I, I've been, I've been surprised at, at his speed last year. I think he was, it was more that he was working on consistency. And then this year he's just been fast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, I, th- I think he's been faster this year uh, than he was last. Mm-hmm. You I know, do. I mean, I don't get to see all the work stuff, but you know, the, the NGPC stuff, he's been, he's been a lot better. He's been better there than he has been at, works yeah and not not sure what the reasoning is on that if it's just the the tracks that works has been doing the beginning half of the year haven't really suited him but they've uh yeah it's definitely yeah he 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 beat dante straight up at um what what were palms Palms, yeah 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 i mean that you know dante had dante had a i think he went down for a little bit but he had passed. He had passed Dante before that, mm-hmm. but you know, and and maybe you can shed some light on this because you, you kind of just mentioned it. You know, I look at you know the series between Pro and Pro Two between NGPC and Works, and you know you see guys in one series doing really good, and then not as good in the other one. It, it's it seems odd to me that those guys can be as a pro. Well, you're a pro. I mean do you really have off weekends? Is it, is a track just not fit you enough that you just. Oh yeah. 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 There's, there's races that just doesn't matter what you do. It's not going to work. Um, and there's races where it doesn't matter what you do. It's nothing's going to go wrong. Um, you know, for whatever reason works at Glen Helen, I get either run into somebody or do something stupid within yeah, the first six corners of every single race that I have there for a works event for going back five years, six years. Yeah. Okay. Where, where, uh, NGPC event at Glen Helen, that's almost always my best, best result of the year. So I don't know why, what, you know, what, what it is, but yeah, there's some, something about, um, at least, you know, for, for me personally, there, there's a difference in the two, the two events as far as, uh, people's attitudes um, during race day and during the race. Um, and then there's just a, a, it seems like a different approach that riders have at different times during the race. Like NGPC, it kind of seems like the race kind of settles in a little bit quicker. Um, you know, it'll be a real, real fast and furious half a lap and then the, the race will everybody will kind of spread out and then figure out where they're at. And then, you know, the guys that are feeling good will push and the guys that aren't drop and where works seems like it just kind of stays, at least from my experience, kind of stays jumbled 
um, you know, from fifth place to 12th and everyone's kind of staying close together, but nobody wants to really give anything up. But, you know, some guys are having issues and other guys are feeling good, but they just can't quite make that pass for whatever reason. You think that you think that may be partly because, you know, at NGPC it's an hour and a half pro race and works. It's two hours. Maybe their planning's a little different. It could be. Um, it could also be track layout. Um, I haven't done any works this year, um, but my my big complaint previously with works event was they were essentially laying out courses that were um, combined with side by side stuff, and right. so it wasn't didn't exactly flow the best for the bikes. Um, but I, they've gotten away from that now that they're doing separate weekends. So, like I said, this year I haven't done a works event, but that was kind of in the past. That was always my my complaint about it. And I think the big difference between, you know, how how I approached the course was how you know, what what vehicle it was laid out for and or in. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, certainly, I mean, I haven't raced in a little bit, but yeah, that. There was always certain races that I did better at. I mean, Glen Helen is just—it's my favorite place, so I just seem to do better. And maybe it's just simply because it's my favorite place. But yeah, but yeah, I can see that because there's there's definitely a difference between the two. I mean, when you run down works, you know, top ten wise, you've got you know Taylor Robert, uh, Dante Oliveira, Austin Walton, Cole Martinez, Travis Damon in fifth, uh, Cole Zeller in mm-hmm. sixth, uh, Justin Heft is in seventh. Um, he had a three and a 10 and then he's missed the last two. So I don't know if he's done off-roading for a while or if he's gotten hurt, but you know, and then you got Zach bell and eighth and, you know, we both, we both know what's happened to him. He's got some knee problems. He's going to have some surgery to get it fixed and he's done for the rest of the year, but unfortunately, um, and then, uh, our our old friend Mitch Anderson, he's he's done a couple and and uh, yeah, would would have liked to see him do do a couple more this year, just because he's always fun to have at the races. Yeah, and then you've got uh, Tyler Lynn in in tenth. Um, mm-hmm. It's his first year in the pro class, and he went twelve five, and then he had a, a mechanical, I think, and then then he had a DQ at the last. Yeah. Uh, well, we, last, uh, works we, race. we we took care of that. The the team, you know, took the time to give him give him some uh, advice at the last race. So hopefully that'll that'll help him. And you know, it seems <laughs> seems like it did for for the national side of things at least. Yeah, and I mean, you know, that DQ thing was kind of a big deal. I mean, I know my my phone was buzzing a little bit the following day about <laughs> it. And one of your guys was hung up in that too, Shane Logan. So yeah. Yeah, he, he he had a good ride going, and but we we made sure to give him. Well, it's it's not the first time that we've dealt with that with works and and the team, and you know, I I wouldn't say unfairly getting DQ'd, but it, to getting DQ'd in a scenario that didn't require a DQ. Um, but you know, it it is what it is, and that's their decision, and they it at least seemed like they were fair about it across the board with the people that had done it. Um, but it's... yeah. And, and, and look, man, I mean, you know, like it or not like it, you know, it's, that's 
it's that organization's rule and their process and their procedures and exactly and you know as long as they're enforcing it fairly i i have no problem with it as long as going into it you know hey if you if you cut the course it is automatic dq that's just the way it is right Uh, but yeah you know that's it's how they they choose to enforce that rule and that's you know that's up to them to do yeah and and again like i said i mean it's 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 their rule and and you know as a racer when you go to their races i mean you you know what you know what's what and you know it's it's the way it is yeah so um let's uh let's move over to the the pro two guys i mean you've got (laughs) you've got the same two guys uh, pretty much battling it out um, with uh, Mateo Oliveira and Talon LaFontaine. Mm-hmm. And then and then your guy, Colt Neck, the Supercross yep. kid, his really true first year in the off-road side. And, um, yeah, he's had a 4-3-8-3, so he's, he's been in the mix for sure. I would – was is it fair to say that he's close? He's just, he just doesn't know the tracks like these other guys do? Yeah, he, he's uh... – he doesn't have the experience to fall back on like the other guys do. Um, you know, so he's, he's on race weekend. He's learning the track, trying to figure out bike setup for each individual track. Um, you know, it's, it's a big step for him and he's, he's doing a really, really good job and he's, you know, trying to be as much of a sponge as possible on, you know, during, during the week and at the races and just, doing what he can to, to gain knowledge. And he, he's having a great time with it. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a little, a little bit behind the eight ball compared to these other guys that have been racing, you know, the same at the same places for Talon's been racing for what, three years now. And yeah. Mateo's been, you know, in and around for, I don't know, 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's probably in that same ballpark maybe yeah. three years, four years doing GP stuff. Yeah. You know, and then you've got, uh, you've got newcomer RPMs, uh, Angus or Gus Reardon. He's, yeah. he's had a pretty good year with his five, five, four, six over there at work. So. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. Every time I see either Colton or, uh, or, uh, Reardon come around, I'm like, all right, one of the other ones going to be coming right behind him. And almost every time they're, they're right on each other. So it's, uh, it's been fun to watch, watch them battle. And, um, Reardon's he's, he's a good rider and it's, uh, he's fun, fun to watch ride. Yeah. Then, you know, I think the two kind of surprises for me have been, uh, Kawasaki's Jake Alvarez and Pervine's Yamaha's Mason Ottersburg. I mean, Alvarez won a race last year at 20 and Palms. I mean, he pretty much kind of walked away with that thing and mm-hmm. he was he was in the hunt at the at the last race of of the season for ngpc for championship and and so was mason ottersburg mm-hmm. and he hurt himself at Blythe for works but it just seems like they're just off i mean i don't i don't know i know i talked to jake's dad and they were saying i mean jake's lap times are pretty much right where they were last year he's just not getting good starts yeah yeah i i i would agree with you i think they're both of them are you know have the talent and are fully capable of running up front but um yeah for sure yeah i 
I haven't I haven't watched any of the the pro starts um you know being being in that race but yeah from from what I hear it's and looking at lap times Mason's been buried in the back and you know has to fight his way through and kind of lap time wise it doesn't seem like he really comes alive till that 45 to hour mark and then starts really clicking off or at least maintaining while everybody kind of drops off um but you know he came back from injury and got second i believe at works yeah um yeah so, you know he the the talent is there it's just a matter of putting himself in a good spot at the beginning of the race in order to, to capitalize on his strengths and then yeah. yeah jake's jake i don't i don't know it seems you know he, he had a ton of success last year and he was in the hunt for the title and um you know signed i know this year he signed directly with cowie instead of going through um through precision so i don't know right. if it's just a little that little bit of added pressure is kind of getting to him or um and then they also that team also swapped tire brands so that might have something to play that plays into it too um getting you getting that feel back for what the tires can take as they start to wear out later in the race yeah and i i think that could certainly be part of it i mean they went from you know maxis to hoosier and Mm -hmm. you know i know robbie you know what what better tire tester can you have than, you know, Robbie Bell? I mean, right. I know he spent a lot of time and, you know, he does a lot of those vet pro races just to do tire testing to see what works. And I know he's working close with Hoosier, so I'm sure they'll get that figured out. Oh, yeah. It, and, it's it's a matter of time. They're they're new to the, the off-road scene and they're, you know, relatively new to bikes in general. So it's... Um, you know, because Colton's on them too, and he works real close, worked real closely with them for develop their Supercross stuff and their motocross right. stuff. So it's it's going to be interesting to see where they, what they come out with next year or when, later this year, whenever it is that they they have something new, as far as what what they've learned between Robbie Colton, you know, all the guys, the off road guys that are running them. Yeah, and I could see, I could see with Alvarez, you know, and signing directly with you know, factory Cowie that putting a little bit of pressure on you than, mm-hmm. than normal. And, and, and with Ottersburg for me personally, cause I mean, I'm at the races and I see it. I mean, and I've got guys racing in that same class, just like you do. It's Mason. I think it's his starts are just the problem. I don't know personally for me, I think Mason's probably the strongest finisher yeah. in that class. He seems to, like you said, he comes alive at that halfway mark, three-quarter mark, and starts to charge. The problem is by the time he gets to that point, he started so far back that those other guys are just – they're too they, far ahead for him to catch. Yeah, so I think they, if he could figure the starts out, he'd be he'd be in good shape. Yeah, f- figure out how to get get up front and keep those guys in sight. You know, It doesn't, doesn't have to be right on them, but just has to be within sight, You know, within 20 – 20, 25 seconds to where you can start reeling them in and, you know, over four or five laps that last half. And, you know, that way you're not putting too much pressure on yourself to, to get up to those guys. Yeah. I mean, you know, even when you look at, um, you know, on the other side, you know, the other series, the NGPC in that same pro two class, I mean, 
Mateo's on top with Talon in second and Colton in third. Top three, it works. But on the other end, at NGPC, I mean, Talon is quite a ways out front. Mm-hmm. Colton Eck in second, Angus Reardon in third, and Mateo's in fourth quite a ways back because he had a he had a 19th fourth yeah. round, which which doesn't help him with no throwaways. Those are those are tough to overcome. Yeah, that's uh it, it's you know that pretty much a, a DNF you throw the the year away, but you know Talon won it last year with with uh, I think they blew up at uh, Glen Helen or yeah, was it yeah. it, was, it was Glen Helen. He had that rear hub that went out. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it, you never know. Exactly, anything's possible, and those top was well, Mateo's what fourth. So yeah, the the top four, top. You know, I mean, even Mason's had solid finishes. They're just you know right off the podium. Yeah, so, he's six three four 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 there, and again, I you know it's all starts. I mean, he's mm-hmm. the strongest finisher, I think, and he just gets behind too too much too early to make that up. So once yeah, he figures I, that out, I think he's he's in the he's in the mix for wins, definitely podiums. Yeah, I, I'd say any any of those top five have a chance, still have a chance at a title. It's just a matter of um, you know putting in the results that they're capable of, and maybe you'll get a little bit lucky with some you know, talent, either having issues or just having off races, um, you know, or the just the other four show up that weekend and. Talon just has nothing for him or gets a bad start or, you know, something, something like that. And every, all of a sudden everybody's back in it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, those, you know, right now, I think, I think the pro two class in both works and NGPC is, is deeper than, than the pro class mm-hmm. in both of those series. Um, you know, you've got, you know, at NGPC, Ottersburg's fifth, uh, Kaya Yellow is, is six he's having a better year too i think he's had a couple good last finishes and mm-hmm. you know serp is there hengeville's there uh your guy shane logan yep. and 10th at ngpc is car is car Klein. Mm-hmm. um he's he's had a pretty good year this year i just think <laughs> i think for him the problem is he's a big kid at he's... what is he 17 now yeah and He's a little bit big, I think, for that two fifty four stroke, but I, yeah, he's, he makes he, it work. He, he's really got to work that thing to make it go. But yeah, he's uh, he's riding it really well, and um, I I did a what was it a heron hound out at Idaho and came out of the dust at one point and saw him. I go, wow, he's riding super well. And then I didn't see him the rest of the day until the finish, and <laughs> he had been there for probably ten minutes by the time I got there. Yeah, and I think at uh, the first uh, the first Utah Naha round a couple of weeks back, he was mm-hmm. he was third pro too. Yeah, no, he's he, he's he's found a, a happy spot on that bike, and I think uh, you know the the rest of the year on that, and possibly move up to the four fifty next year, and I think it'll be the, the experience of running in that pro class. I think or that pro two class will be good for him, especially how hard he has to work on that that bike to keep up with you know jake who weighs like i don't know what 130 pounds maybe <laughs> yeah i think he's a little more than that but <laughs> well and and i only say that because i know zach bell is like somewhere between 130 and 135 yeah and i know that 
Jake Alvarez is taller than, than him, so I'm assuming he weighs at least 150. But... <laughs> no, no way. Jake's Jake's skinny. Well, well, we'll have to dig into that. Yeah, we'll we'll have an update on the next episode. So, let's talk about. I think the most underrated pro class we have, and the least amount of attention is the is the pro ladies class. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know, unfortunately on our on our end on the West Coast, you know, compared to like a GNCC, we we only really have you know four five regular women pro. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, Brandy Richards, Caitlin Jacobs, uh, your writer, Lauren Woods, and um, Pervine Jamaha's uh, Ava Silvestri. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Micah Diaz has come back um, to some works races. She's she's done the last two, and I think okay. she's she's trying to she's trying to make a make a comeback, and and hopefully she she sticks with that. But that'd be awesome um, to see more more girls out there. Yeah, I mean, you know. You know, not not to be disrespectful, but hey, you know, to beat Brandy Richards in that class is Brandy Richards. Yeah. Um, so the always between Caitlin Jacobs, Lauren Woods, and you know Ava Silvestri, yeah. and and then Micah when she's racing. So you know, you look at you know I know Lauren's only done one work. She's really focused on NGPC this year, but you know you've got. You know, Brandy's gone five rounds at NGPC and she's won them all. And then you've got Caitlin Jacobs at two three two two two, and then Lauren at three two four three three, and Ava Silvestri at four four three four. And then she didn't race the last one in Havasu. But you know, let's talk about your rider. You know, Lauren. I mean, Lauren's mm-hmm. been around for and women's pro racer. What is it yeah. gonna? What is it? You know, three 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 thing, and really start, you know, taking it to Caitlin Jacobs and getting herself into that second spot. Oh, What's she we've missing? Been, we we've been working on it this year. You know, the, her her coming onto the team this year. We uh, we started out the year working on on bike setup and making sure that she was as comfortable as she could be on that. And uh, she, there's been a lot of changes on that front, and pretty much pretty much every race is, you know, a, a slightly different bike, trying, trying something out, you know, changing something here and there. And then, um, lately she's gotten real serious about her, uh, her fitness and she's been over with the, uh, the gang gang slinger guys. And, um, you know, she's, she's real happy with where she's at and, you know, what the program that she's been working on. So, um, I think that'll uh, that'll turn out really well the second half of the year, and then um, you know she we threw her on a, a 250 the other day, uh, just pretty kind of just because, but also uh, kind of noticed that the the she wasn't really throwing around the two or the 350, and mm-hmm. so uh, you know put put her on something a little bit smaller and let her uh, let her wring its neck a, a little bit and. Uh, Pretty much the next day, she went out and bought a 250. So, <laughs> so I guess uh, she liked it, right? Apparently, she enjoyed we it. Assume that, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, good for her because you know, look, who, who knows what you know what Brandy's going to do? I mean, Brandy could race another two years. She could race another three. She could go to GNCC. Who knows? 
Mm-hmm. Um, shoot, for all we know, she could decide to leave the women's class and go into the men's class because she beats a lot of the men too. And yeah. maybe that maybe that's her next challenge. Who knows? Yeah. Well, she uh, she's been racing the what Pro-Am. what do they call it at work? Pro Am. Pro Am. Yeah, she's been yeah. racing the Pro Am, and she I think she won one or two of those so far. Uh, she's won one, I think, but okay. she's been, I think, podium on the other ones. So yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So she's, I mean, she's at the top level of the guys too. It's you know, she's she's definitely no slouch. I mean, I think they're starting on what third line back, and I've seen her, I think, two races this year. I, I saw her at, at Havasu, and I think I I remember seeing her at. Um, Oh, it wasn't Glen Helen. It was, uh, yeah, it was Glen Helen. Yeah, probably. So, yeah. And I think, you know, you know, Ava, Ava's, I think coming, I don't, you know, me personally, I don't think she's just there yet, but she just turned 17, I think. Yeah. Or she might be 16, still going to be 17 soon, but I think she's probably, you know, two more years out and, and then she'll be in the mix. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think the biggest struggle the the two series have is, you know, is getting more women to race. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a numbers game for them at this point. They they need more people there, more women there uh, in order to grow the class and grow the skill level. And just to get a little bit of depth in the, that that class or a little bit more depth, I should say. Yeah, and that- and I've talked Which, to a few. I've talked to a few people about that, and you know, some of the things have been well. You know, Brandy's always going to win, so maybe some of the girls don't come. Um, there isn't enough money there for the purse for the women, so you know, until you change that, it's it's not going to attract more. And you know, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that necessarily. I mean, I don't. I'm sure there's some people that some of the girls are just going to forget it. I'm not racing Brandy. <laughs> But yeah, it's majority of the reason for sure. Um, yeah, but, I, I mean, it, no, nobody enjoys getting getting second place. But at the same time, if if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And at at the moment, that's Brandy. Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's it's been Brandy since you know, Tatum sick retired. Mm-hmm. So you know. And even then, Brandy was winning, but her and Tatum were battling back and forth. And mm-hmm. you know, there isn't there isn't a whole lot, I think, of girls right at this present time that are ready. I think one that's probably pretty close is uh, Jessica Daniels. I think she's probably pretty close to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, she she's. I think she's got to find a little bit more speed to be competitive in that class, you know, to be right there with Lauren and Caitlin and, you know, get a, and get a little bit more, more battling with them. Um, but she's, you know, that, that's where her sights are set at this point. Yeah, that's good. Uh, we, were talk, we were talking to her at the last round and she's, you know, comparing lap times from, you know, from the, the pro women's class to herself. And then um, she's also, you know, keep an eye on uh, Michaela. Yeah, KK. I mean, KK's coming. I mean, yeah. there's there's no question. But I think I think she just turned sixteen. Yeah, I think I, she's she's young, but it's it's a good time to get her 
in there with the girls so that, you know, because at this point she's young, she will learn a lot very fast. And she's, uh, um, she's, she, she still bends at this point. You know, wow. she, when, when she hits the ground, it's, it doesn't, uh, it's not, you know, months off a bike with a broken no. boat. No. No, uh, but I mean, she she had she took a little bit of time off after what was it Havasu last year where she uh, she landed yeah. on on a kid. Um, yeah, but, well, she was going at it with the with Taylor Allred, the yep. motocross girl, you know, and and ended up going down, and I think she took some time off. But you know, remember I said this: KK is not going to be on the West Coast long the minute she's ready to go pro. Yeah, I mean her her Auntie, results over at GNCC here. Auntie's gonna scoop her, and yeah. he she's going she's going east because you know KTM doesn't have anybody that's on a KTM that's winning races in that pro class. No, um, Kenzie uh, Kenzie Stricker, I think mm-hmm. she's she's been hurt. She's coming back. Um, uh, Taylor as. I don't know if you follow her or not, but she's changed her thing. She's now uh, Taylor motherfucking Jones. <laughs> and, it's, and and those those letters are on the back of her helmet now, which is which is awesome. But she's yeah. coming back for an injury, too, and she's not there. But, you know, and then, shoot, Becca Sheets and Rachel Archer are Yamahas, and they're yep. one, two, one, two. So I think I think you know, personally, I think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, to to see her back there, and you know, she yeah. she's already gone back there twice now. Yeah, yeah. she's one of both. Dominant. <laughs> I think it was expert class, right? Or, yeah, I won twenty five expert. Yeah, dominated that class, and so yeah, yeah it's. I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see her go back there do those. But I would also not be surprised since you know they're they're from here to see her kind of going back and forth and doing doing at least the the ones that she can make. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, outside of her, you know, you know, unless you can get you know a Taylor Allred to move over, which she's done a few off road races, mm-hmm. um, you know, or you know, hey, Brittany Marcotte is out there, you know, yep. I mean, she can compete in that class too. I just. You know, it'd be interesting to hear what she thought it would take to get her to do a full GP series, but maybe she'll listen to this and and she'll respond and let us know for next time. Do you think anybody right, let's listen to us and decide that's what they need to do? I, I'm surprised people even listen to us. Well, me <laughs> specifically, but yeah, uh, all right. Hey, let's move over to the desert side. You know, sure. um, you know, uh, AMA's. Uh, National Desert Series, the National Hare and Hound Association. Um, yep, yep, yep. Good. You know, good fun times over there. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've moved out of one of the GPs this year. We're doing that this year, and so I've been seeing a lot of it. And I mean, Wasson's Wasson's got Joe Wasson and Beta's got a pretty big uh, lead at this point. Yeah, he's he's put in put in good rides early in the season, put himself in good spot, which is kind of a change for him. He's uh, last year, I think it was first or second round. He he had a bad ride and it kind of put him out of the championship. So he he learned his lesson and 
he's he's making every race count early on in the year. Yeah, and no, and look, Zane Roberts has been right there too. You know, oh, Preston yeah. Preston Campbell. Um, yep. SLR's Justin Morgan. He's racing the Heron Hounds this year with, I think, SLR's decision to not do all of the score races. But mm-hmm. and he's he's done well. Yep. Um, he's he's had a, a a readjustment period. You know, going from that score racing back to the Heron Hound. It's uh, it's more of a sprint. So I was talking to him at uh, Idaho, and it's you know, it's faster and more intense than what he had been accustomed to and so it, it's a learning a relearning experience for him but he's uh you know he's he's done very very well yeah and let's let's hope that uh he wants to and 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 mark will let him continue next year be be nice to have him and you know yeah. at, you know and then hey i gotta give props to my guy jim herrero i mean he's he's sitting fifth in the pro class. So oh, yeah, for, kill it. for, for a 28 year old dude, that's just consistent, man. He's top 10 all the time. It's, it's, it's good for him. It's good for us. And, you know, and then on the pro two side, you've got, um, you know, the, the regular, the regular guys, you've got, you know, can answer from beta, the current mm-hmm. pro two champ. He's leading the points. Gerstner um, right behind him. And Gerstner's now right behind him, and I think he's only seven points back. Seven, and he yeah. missed the first round. Yeah, he, he uh, didn't have a bike that first round, couldn't find any two strokes. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and then uh, uh, Clayton Roberts. I mean, he's, yeah, McPherson's in second. He's yeah, uh, had, third. He's been pretty solid. He had a tenth at the second round, which, you know, so something obviously happened there, and that kind of threw him off but mm-hmm. that can happen to any of the guys in front of him and and Clayton Roberts has been you know, positively just consistent with his four six five six so yeah. you know and Carter Klein you know we talked about him earlier I mean he's doing that stuff and he didn't do the first round for whatever reason but he's done the last last four, uh, four and he's gone four three three and then uh what did he fifth. do it he got got a fifth at uh Jericho yeah, so I mean, you know, and and Carter's sitting eighth in the overall points. You yeah, know? Oh, I yeah. mean, you know, and let's see who else you got in there. Uh, uh, got Robbie shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I didn't even know he was there at he, the last been... round a couple weekends ago. Yeah, until after the race was over, and then he rolled in on a. On a Honda. On a Honda, yep. And I'm like, uh, where's your TM, bro? I mean, he's been with TM for a long time. Yeah, he, he was he was there a year before I, I jumped on him, so he was there since 16. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's so, – uh, And yeah, he, I, shoot, he was – I don't know, where was he? He was uh, – let's, let's look. He, he had – well, he was, uh, what, 10 – 10 3 9. He missed uh, the first Utah round and then second at uh, the second Utah round. Yeah, but he was, I think, at the last Utah one, he was like seventh overall, seventh or eighth overall. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> the, the, I mean, the, bike's, the bike's clearly working for him. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, well, hey, come on. It's, it's proof. You know, it doesn't yeah. really matter, you know, what bike you're on. If you got talent, you'll make it work. I mean, it's, you know, you and I joke and, and me and Robbie and 
and mm-hmm. Colin and everybody joking Samuels about, you know, Samuels is always on me about, dude, when are you going to get off those blue things? Get <laughs> your guys on red bikes. I'm like, eh, the blue ones are better. Better better than Gas Gas, you sure? Yeah, gas Gas is just a different color KTM along with is, the Husky, you know. Is there is there another red bike that you would want to ride? No, I want to ride a blue one. Exactly. But, you know, <laughs> my point is, I, I honestly, I think all of them are just as good. From... They're, yeah, they're, they're all, at, at this point, they're all so good. I mean, even the Suzuki for how much, you know, how hard of a time everybody gives that bike. When, uh, what was it, two years ago, I was doing a 450 shootout. That was my favorite bike to ride because it didn't want to kill you and it turned so good. But they just don't have, they're not throwing the money into the their off-road program like all these other guys are. And so nobody wants to go ride a, a Suzuki because there's no contingency. There's no support for it. Yeah. And, you know, that's, I mean, and that's the same problem that, that I have and, you know, Pervines has is, you know, Yamaha doesn't, they don't put enough pro contingency on this side. I mean, the amount of money that they give on the GNCC side is... Oh yeah, crazy, you know. And but I think ultimately, you know, the bikes are all the same because you get your bikes, I get mine, and we do different things to those bikes. They don't stay stock. No, I mean my motors are stock. I don't change the motors. They got enough power, but yeah, same. It's same. it's suspension and and you know tires and wheel sizes and you know yeah guard gearing and guards and, and yeah. yeah. I mean. It, it's what you do to it after that, that makes it better. And, you know, and, you know, some, some people are, you know, are better at it than others. I mean, there's yeah, always and, somebody better, but. And certain, certain bikes suit different riding styles because they, right. the bikes do have their unique characteristics to each of them, you know, with the, the, you know, we'll call them the KTMs, but the KTM Huskies gas gases with their, the steel frames versus the aluminum frames on everything else. And then the Yamahas with their reversed motors. Um, and then, you know, Cowies and Hondas, they're similar, but they, they do have their own unique feel to them. And it just appeals to certain guys. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, well, women, let's talk about the women on the Naha side. I mean, you know, Brittany Gallegos is your defending national champ and, She's she's in the points lead. She's got an eighteen point lead. Well, I don't know. It might have changed since uh, since the last she's, one. She's eighteen points up. Uh, yeah, over, over Rachel. Yeah. Yeah, because Ra- Rachel won it. Yeah, so she's got an eighteen point lead over Rachel Stout, and then you know Morgan Tanky's been there. She's won one. Um, she was leading the. The Sugar Loafers won and, and ended up falling back to second. And, mm-hmm. you know, Ashley Gage has, has been consistent. Um, Louise Forsley, she raced one. She finished fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked to Nicole Bradford. She came out a couple of weeks ago for that first round at Sugar Loafers. Oh, did she? In the middle of April. And, and you know, she ended up – she ended up fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know – yeah, that's it, that's a good battle there. Yeah, I think uh, if we could consistently get you know those that third or sorry fifth place through uh, 
seventh there, if we could get them to, you know, consistently show up, I think, you know, having seven girls in the class might mix things up a little bit more. Or you get a little bit more interest in the class, grow the class that way. Um, but they're, you well, know, it's, it's, it's the same issue that the Grand Prix are having is there's, there's a lot of parity in the class because there's not a whole, you know, everybody's kind of separated on skill level. Yeah. And, and, and I, this, and, I, and I'm going to admit to everybody, these are two people that I know I get props to. And since we're talking about the women's class, you know, uh, Ty Woolslayer, mm-hmm. she, she is, she is leading the women's A points by 10, I think. Yeah, 10. I, I don't know that she's, she, from what I've been told, she hasn't lost a desert race in like four years since she <laughs> came up from little. And, and, and mad props to her because you were there. We were in Idaho. Yeah. For whatever reason with um, Sidra's classification with the women, normally the pro women start on their own line or on the front line with the men. But for some reason with the way this, the women pro had to start back on the expert line with the expert women, uh, Ty, Ty pretty much got like almost a dead last start. And she ended up beating all of the pro yeah. women that day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, huge props to her and, you know, Hey, she's one that's coming, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And then huge. there, I know Lexi Baker will get into that. Well, she's riding a bit. Mm-hmm. Getting some help, but I think she's for sure getting some help. And then, uh, and, Is because of that whole pandemic stuff and works having to cancel a race they had, it opened up the day for him. And you know, he's been wanting to his backyard. I mean, he rides that Utah stuff all the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. um, he, you know, for like I told him, it was it was a backyard beatdown. I mean, he oh, beat. Yeah those guys by a little over four minutes. Yeah. And yeah. Well, welcome to, welcome to my, uh, my playground. That was, uh, that was a, a very impressive ride, and, you know, kind of, um, something that had been kind of expected, at, at least from me personally, I expected Tyler to, as soon as he got into that, uh, you know, into that pro class, he was going to be one of the guys that was winning the races and, you know, out there with clean air. Yeah. And, and I, you know, unfortunately, I don't know that he's going to do any more than that on, on a regular basis, but right. You know, I, it, it would be cool to see where he would be. Um, one of the cool things that I saw that weekend was the podium. And oh, yeah. between, you know, Wasson and Zane Roberts, I mean, kudos to those guys for being humble i mean they they both said hey look you know, as soon as he got <laughs> as soon as he got by us I mean, we, we didn't we had nothing for him just he, gone he, yeah, he was gone i mean <laughs> it, it was not our day with him but yeah so but yeah cool stuff going on and hey look you know this goes for all the organizations you know it's kind of funny i was talking to i think i was talking to schultz about this last night or even Abitoy, it's 
Um, you know, the pandemic kind of killed us mm-hmm. you know, in 2020. But it seems like now we're on the other end of it and all of the organizations, the numbers are up. I mean, oh, yeah. the last two Utah rounds were 600 plus and 500 plus. Yeah, when's when's the last time you heard of of a desert race getting, you know, those numbers? It's been I don't know what, fifteen years. Yeah, oh seven, oh eight. You know, because you know you're a desert MC, and I I used to be, and you know, we we always had you know the biggest numbers of the year, and there was there were races where we were just over five hundred, or we were in that you know Mm four eighty to five you know, 17 range. And, you know, then the, the crash came and 07 and then nothing's kind of been the same since. So it's good yeah. to see those things back up. I mean, district numbers are back up. Uh, NGPC's numbers are definitely up there ahead of where they were last year and the year before mm-hmm. works is up, you know, everybody's up. So yeah, no, it's, it, it's definitely, it seems like the COVID was, you know, ended up being good for the sport. I mean, it's it's tough to find new bikes it's tough to find used bikes it's tough to find anything and then when you go riding it's crowded it's you know the the tracks are busy you you go out to local riding areas they're busy it's just you know people are getting back to riding and i think it's uh it it ended up being good for the sport in some weird roundabout way yeah i mean the pan the pandemic uh it taketh and it has giveth, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, the crappy parts been parts and bikes, you know, like yeah. I've had a hard time with Yamaha and parts and bikes. And the, the other bad side of it is dude, the amount of money people are getting for dirt bikes right now, because you can't find them anywhere. Oh, Jesus. It's, it's great for me. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I sold a, a, a old four fifty the other day for, probably 1500 more than what i really should have oh yeah i'm gonna i gotta sell my husky in the garage man it's, it's my 250 i gotta get rid of it that's hey, the best you, time to sell it if you told me you had you were gonna sell that like three weeks ago before half suit before i picked mine up i would have bought it from you for like seven grand oh yeah but i wouldn't see but that's me i wouldn't have sold it to you for seven it's a 14 but yeah it's I, still it still flies i wouldn't have sold it to you for that seven, much but. seven seven grand man no problem well, I'll tell you what, man, I'll uh I'll trade that bike and some cash for your sprinter van. How about that? Ooh, ooh, Look, that just that's, just think that's, about that. You don't have to decide right now, but you know, it just popped into my head. So just just think about that. It's tempting, but you're gonna have to arm wrestle uh Brian the Seaf for it. So you might want to uh, bust, right. bust out that beat beat beating the seaf hat. I already talked to him, man. He said he was just inquiring. So uh, and I told him if I could get it, I was taking it anyway. So it's sure. a, it's that whole beating the seat thing. So whatever. Dropping he it. Doesn't, he doesn't need it. Dropping it off this weekend. So all right. Well, well, just think about that. We'll we'll, we'll talk about it some more. But it just okay. popped into my head because I right. need a van. All right. I, all I right. Don't, I don't need a bike, but who? You know, <laughs> why not another one? Why not another one? Yeah. Uh, Western hair scrambles. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, we're we're one round into that, and the second round is is this weekend up in Hagerman, Idaho, and um, you know the pro side of it. You, you know Zane Roberts won. Can answer mm-hmm. was second, so the betas went one two. Uh, Ross Neely 
Chase Larson, Brody Honea, uh, Justin McGovern, Blade Jones. He's doing the Hounds as well. Um, those guys were like the top mm-hmm. seven. And yeah. then, you know, I mean, Roberts, <laughs> Zane Roberts, man, I, I think that he might have been the most hated guy that weekend. Uh, <laughs> did, did he make him go an extra lap? He made him go an extra lap because oh. he came yeah. in and, and Micknick said at the writers meeting, it's two and a half hours. Minimum. At two hours and 29 minutes, you're going another lap, which was 21 miles, I think. Yep. And they were all running, I think, right around, you know, 50-something minutes. Yeah, they, <laughs> so, were, they were long so, laps. <laughs> so, it, And I know it's at the finish line. I got, I got Mason Matthias racing it, and he's in fourth. And he's like, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to cut it off. I'm like, dude, you can't do that. You said at the riders meeting, 229. He's like, I know. And I'm like, look, dude, for as much as I don't want my guy to have to go another lap, because I know Mason was tired. They were all tired. Oh, yeah. Anything can happen, to... and Mason could get up on the on the podium, and I need to have that happen. So he, he could win, and so yeah, and and Zane came in and was like, he looked like he hadn't even ridden the bike yet. Yeah. He wasn't. He didn't look tired. He didn't look like he was sweating. Nothing. Dude's got um, problems. And then on the on the two fifty side of it, your guy, your rider, Shane Logan. Oh uh, yeah. He, Man, he went, went out there, crushed it, you know, jumped on the two-stroke for the first time in, I think he said, six months, five, six months. So it was, uh, we we were surprised by it. The the team didn't even know he was going out there. He just all of a sudden was like, hey, guys, I'm going to, actually, you were the one that sent me a picture of him sleeping in your back seat. Oh, that was hilarious, dude. Yeah, so good. That, he, that made so it Apparently, he decided to drive from Havasu. Then he stopped in Reno. I guess he's got an aunt or something that lives there, and he's still got friends that live there. Okay. So then he was out, you know, partying it up, I guess, that <laughs> night. And so, so, so Saturday we go, we go back into Reno to have dinner, and we're driving down the road, and and Tim, Tim Matthias is is or Matthews is sitting in the front seat, and Mason and Shane are in the back seat, and I turn around and I look at Shane, and literally, first time I look at him. He's completely leaned over in the seat with his head down, just out. And then I had to, I had to give it some gas to go around somebody. So I think that shook him because then he <laughs> slid back up, and then his mouth's open, wide open. Yeah, so and that's... I'm taking, I'm taking pictures of it, right, so I can post it because I have, I have a collection of people who sleep, which jessica daniels is a chronic sleeper after races um <laughs> you can ask marshall he sends me most of the pictures but um there's, but there's... the funny part about it was when he sat up with his mouth open and i got to take of the pictures and I, I had to give it some gas again to go around somebody and it woke him up he woke up thinking he had fallen asleep driving and he's looking for the steering wheel and he's in the <laughs> back seat oh that's good yeah <laughs> Oh, funny stuff. But yeah, I mean, shoot at, at Doyle for the first round of that hair, Western air scramble. Shoot. He was running for a couple laps. He was running second overall behind Zane. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, I was watching lap times once I realized that he was actually in that race and yeah, there was, there, there was some, some laps in there. I was really impressed and I'm going, okay, you know, how, how long can he keep this pace up? And he he stayed there pretty much until that last lap, but everybody dropped off. 
And oh I, yeah, yeah. I talked Nate... to him after the race, and he goes, "That was it. Was just 20, 20 miles of sand whoops." He said, "He's he, so he he came in. He's dude. He's covered in dust. His whole face." Gerster comes in after him. And, uh, it was Kyle Curling and then uh, Mason Matthews, and they all came in with just covered in dirt. And and Shane and Gerster are talking, and and Gerstner's like, "Dude, that might be the roughest race, hardest race, beat up race I've ever done in my life." And and Shane turns to him and goes, "Dude, I just did like twenty five laps at Havasu." two weekends ago this was worse than that <laughs> yeah i i was talking to him after i'm like there's no way there's no way it's worse than happens he goes yeah it was it was the most the one of the hardest races i've ever done well what was funny is not too long after that brody honea came in and he was talking to them we were all sitting there talking and brody's like you know the first two laps were pretty good and then the third lap, the, the little side trails, those were good. By the fourth lap, those side trails were no longer good. And by the last lap, those things were junk. Yeah. There was <laughs> because nothing. there was nowhere to go. Yeah. And so. that's that's kind of the fun part of those West Hair Scrambles. Um, you know, I, I did it when they were uh, a national series and or uh, the when they first became a that regional series and and they they were a lot of fun, but man, they they were some of the toughest races because I I don't even know why they just the the courses kind of degraded and you were just out there just either pounding whoops or pounding rocks or just suffering and you'd get done with those and you're just like I don't even I don't like dirt bikes I don't want to go on the podium I don't want to do anything I just want to sit in my van cry a little bit. Eat some ice cream. <laughs> uh, well, but, but those uh, are fun races. I, I want to yeah, make it out to a couple I mean, of those this year. Yeah, and then I mean, on the women's side, you know, Brittany Gallegos and Sharon Mal went at it. I mean, they were pretty close. Brittany ended up winning. Yeah, um, Sharon that. was second, and I think um, was Ashley Gage was third. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they'll they'll all get a chance to go back at it again this weekend in in Hagerman, Idaho, and. You know, Jake, you know, National Hair and Hounds and Western Hair Scrambles, he's done a the hair goal of keep things kind of in the hair scramble format, not like. And so mm-hmm. everything's kind of up north. And you know, they go, they go to Hagerman, and then two weeks later, they're in Jacksonville, Oregon. And two weeks after that, they're in Bellingham, Washington. So there's definitely going to be some trees involved. In yeah. some of these rounds, so that's 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 good to see. So, well, if you if you want to road trip up there, let me know. Well, you, you can drive me in my van that you're going to buy. Right, right. With the bike, I'm going to give you. That's awesome. Exactly. Yeah, let's, exactly. Let's yeah. talk some more about that. Okay, we'll do that. All right. So <laughs> now let's uh, we'll we'll finish with race upcoming races, but let's uh, let's let's get into the bullshit segment here. We'll have, call have it. we not been doing that? Yeah, pretty much. But this is this is where the good stuff comes out, bro. I mean, this is the stuff everybody wants to hear. So, oh, okay. So, and some of this stuff comes from you. Um, I'm sure some of it comes from you too. Uh, yeah, I got a few things in there, but you know, <laughs> um, the first thing is uh, 
just so everybody knows if they don't already know you've been part of three brothers racing forever and now you're uh this year you started as the team manager for the Kilmartin three brothers team yep got and got, got a title and was they now accept the fact that I don't have the results that I, I used to. So it, it worked <laughs> out good for everyone. Uh, so, yeah, well, it doesn't help when you go by me every time when I'm sitting there, you know, my pit board and you're like, Oh, I'm so tired, dude. I'm a manager, not a racer. What do you yeah, expect from me? Well, and you're, you're doing the complete opposite of what the riders do. They they're tired. They get close to us as team managers and they go faster until they get out of the view and then they're tired again. You're well, yeah, just, I, you're not hiding it. You're just coming in going, yeah, I'm tired, bro. I'm dude, not, I'm I, not going to lie. I'm, I'm not here to give you false expectations. I'm just showing <laughs> you what I got. <laughs> All right. Colton Eck. He's one of your guys. He is. Um, apparently you, you were saying he, he has a problem handling a one twenty five. He must've yeah. done. What did he do? The two-stroke national, right? He, yeah, he did the two-stroke national. He uh, was a defending defending one twenty-five pro champ there. So we, uh, you know, he he wanted to go out and defend it, and apparently one twenty fives are just too much power for him. He uh, just I I don't know what happened. Either it was too heavy, or I don't know. Prin- princess <laughs> prin- princess just couldn't handle it. <laughs> Uh, and he's riding what was what was the 125 was it a gas gas uh no it was a ktm and he races a ktm right yep yeah normally so yeah. you know it wasn't like he had a, a weird color front fender to get used to or anything like that it was just lack of talent i guess what about uh what are the chances of him finishing the last half of the gp year on a gas gas um i don't believe those are very good but he's definitely going to finish the endurance series on a gas gas. All right. Yeah. The, the, right. the, the gas gas is a special program, endurance only, otherwise KTM all the way. All right. Okay. Now you got your boss, your team owner. Speed bump? <laughs> Track obstacle? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you and I know, and I'm sure a lot of people know, but he, he had an incident at – one of the races at Glen Helen, I think it was, right? Where he was taking uh, pictures. I think it was, yeah, I, I forget what, what event it was. But, yeah, he uh, he was taking pictures, and then uh, Connor got stuck in the mud. And so John crossed the track to help him out, get the bike pulled out of the mud. And then uh, when he was went to go back across the track, he uh, misjudged where where the rider was and walked went walking across the uh, backside of a a landing and uh, caught, caught a dirt bike. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so. you know, let's, let's be honest. I mean, John's, John's not a spring chicken, you Ooh, know, and he, he's a big dude. He's, he's not the, the lightest of foot. So. No, no. And, yeah. and all kidding aside, I mean, I correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, he, he messed up his hand pretty good from that deal. Yeah. He, he tore a couple ligaments and so he had surgery. And so he's, uh, he's going, he's got, um, you know, physical therapy and all that stuff that he's doing right now for it. And he's got another, well, I think he's got another month at least. Well, and as I told you earlier, you would think that John had learned his lesson. However, I heard today that at Fox Raceway, Paula, last weekend, 
he got in the way of somebody else. So a certain woman racer during one of the races crossed the track. Jeez. Uh, I mean, if if you're going to be dumb, you got to be d- tough. So yeah, I haven't heard him crying about it this week. So he, he must have not, either not been too bad or he, he knows not to tell us. Well, one of the two. But uh, yeah, he's a... Uh, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna get him like a, a tether or something so he can only go so far from the pits. I think from now on, <laughs> little little electric electric collar to try and keep him keep him. Oh in yeah, one of those shock collars with yeah, the radius. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll uh, just drop all him. right, John Kilbarton. Something for you to look forward to. Your team <laughs> manager's getting you a shock collar. <laughs> Uh, I, I didn't realize it was a chronic problem that he had, but now that I know, we can we can work to correct it. So let me bring this say what what if scenario to you. Uh, okay. So something I see, you know, I watch the social media stuff all the time, just like I'm sure you do. And uh, are you familiar with who Dare Demartil is? Um, I have heard the name. Um, I can't say that i follow him on any social media or know much more than he rides dirt bikes yeah so this is a kid from up north california okay um he's a he was racing supercross for for a while um, he's right. no longer doing that and he finished i think it was two years ago he finished second in the two-stroke nationals behind alessi um and then i i i want to say he was fourth this year okay but this year he got some help from from Beta, and they gave him a they gave him a two smoker, which I think was a three hundred. All right, and I think he finished fourth there. So you know, as soon as as soon as a factory gives somebody a bike, you know, it kind of piques your interest. Yeah, what, what, in so what, forth. Are, what are they seeing? Yeah, yeah. So so you know, I've been watching. I I follow him on social media, and I've talked to him here and there, and and. The last post he had, he's on a uh, he's on a four a beta four eighty RR, which no, the, the I new one, yeah, pretty sure is their new MX version because they've got a factory team over at the MXGPs. Yep, yep. From from what I've heard from Jason, their off road mechanic, that those bikes are pretty pretty bad ass. <laughs> Um, I've I've heard some good things about those bikes. Uh, I'd be I'd be real interested to ride one. I mean, especially you know KTM's got their 500, and just seeing what the difference is between the 450 and the 500, it'd be interesting to see which way they went with that 480. Yeah, and I mean his his comments on or his his text into the Instagram post was on the program. Hmm. I'm blessed for everything I have or something like that along those lines. So it, you know, it gets me thinking, all right, has, has he signed with beta? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I haven't heard anything, but he's on the program. What does that mean? Yeah. Right. Well, it's uh, well, we need some more details on that one. Is that uh, you know, a, a moto related program? Is that yeah. a, an off-road oriented? That'd be, that'd be very interesting to, to, yeah. to know some more about. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think I, I, I don't know. My gut tells me that that he's he's going to end up at some of the GPS, uh, NGPC or works before the year's over. Maybe the rest of them. So I guess we'll see. So that's that's something, not a rumor, but it's something that goes makes you go hmm. Something for everybody to think about. 
I'm I'm just interested if you know if they're putting a team together because the way my my team owner keeps running across tracks, I may not have a job coming up here shortly. Or you'll just have to take over completely, just become yeah. the owner. You know, I did. I I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I don't have that kind of patience. Yeah. Well. Yes, you do. Believe me, you do. I I like riding the dirt bikes too much to be running on the track. Oh, is that not not one of the requirements? Uh, no. no, no. I know I did. I did talk to uh, I, at Utah at the hair down. You know, I was talking to to Joe to Watson, and mm-hmm. he told me he was coming to Idaho in August for the NGPC. So nice. Maybe that maybe that turns into something. I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's just him going to try because he's got nothing else going on till September 11th when Naha starts up again. But maybe it's a sign that. Tim and he's gonna have his beta boys on uh, GPS next year too with this dare kid. So who knows? Seems seems like a long way to drive for just to have a little bit of fun. But I, it's me saying that, and I've done worse. So yeah, I mean, I mean, Wasson is he's a baller anyway, man. That dude, he doesn't care. He'll drive wherever. <laughs> so that's but, that's what it takes to be a baller. Just be the willingness to drive anywhere. Yeah. He, I had no idea I was a baller. You are a baller. 15, 16 hours, 17. Dude, and, and then race the next day, turn around, drive home. Yeah, and, and let's be honest here. And we'll, we'll blow somebody else up too while we're, <laughs> while we're blowing people up. Why not? Um, some of those long trips you made from, you know, from Wyoming, you had a travel partner. Yeah, and or- I, picked, I picked him up like six hours into the trip. You know, I... I was told that he he napped previous to getting on the uh, on the program, and then all of a sudden, two well, most of the time he would make it like two hours after I picked him up, and then you know, kind of nod off for I don't know the remaining eleven hours of the trip. But you know, and, he, and- he, was, he was awake when he when we entered the gates. But yeah, there's when we left Twenty Nine Palms, he made it a solid ten miles before he passed out. Well, and let's let's not let this person go unnamed. So why don't you oh, share no. with us who that is? Yeah, J- Jason Harris, Mister uh, Mister uh, Lyman, Wyoming. I, you know what? Let's just start calling him Snooze. Snooze. How about that? I, yeah. I like that. That's his new name, Snooze. That is good. I, you know, I, I'm I'm doing his graphics, so that's going to be on his next <laughs> graphics set. Ah. Oh, man. All right. Let me. I know we've been. We've been at this thing, well, yeah, hour and twenty six minutes. Oh, we're killing it. Uh, yeah, we're we're definitely killing it. But I think we probably lost everybody about, I don't know, sixty minutes ago. So, probably. let me let me ask you some questions. Since sure. You're a team. You're a team manager, a pro racer. Um, let's start with uh, Talon Lafontaine and and Mateo Oliveira. Mm-hmm. Those guys go to the pro class next year. What's your thoughts? Um. I don't know if Mateo I, I don't know Mateo's kind of in a weird spot cuz I think they both have the talent to go run be competitive I mean Mateo was running this nearly the same lap times as what Dante and Taylor were at Havasu he, you know crazy stupid talented um but I I think he wants a pro, you know, pro two hundred and fifty title before he moves up, and 
it's going to be a tough year for him. I mean, he's he's leading class and works, so that's you know, promising for him. But Talon's Talon's tough. He's he's got a title, and there's there's a reason why. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely see Talon moving up. He's it, he'll be you know it'll be a, a little bit of a learning year for him. You know, similar to how, what Tyler's doing this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Um, but I think I think he's in a really good spot. I think he's got a, a little bit more experience on the 450s and uh, than what Tyler does. But I think it'll be I think he, he'll be consistently top five uh, his first year. Uh, Mateo, I think, will have some real standout rides if he moves up and he'll have some rides where he may you know, I want to rookie mistakes to where, you know, just because he is younger, he is a little bit more excitable than Dante Austin, Zach, right. you know, the guys that have been up there running that pace where they go, Hey, you know, I don't, I don't need this win. I can settle for second if, you know, or third or whatever, whatever place I'm in, this is where I'm the best I can do today where, you know, Mateo, I could see pushing, pushing a little extra it, and talent too. That first year, if they're in a position where they're going, hey, I can see first. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get them when they either shouldn't or, or yeah. yeah. But right. good points. I, I, I can, I can see them both moving up and being successful or relatively successful right away. Yeah. All right. Next question, Trevor Stewart, two-time national champ. He switched to, you know, obviously there was. There was a last-minute decision last year in leaving the Honda team, and he's been on a Cowie from from Cowie. What's it? What's it take? He's pretty much just been hanging out in that fourth place position. What's it take for him to get back into the top of the box? What does he need? Yeah, uh, you know, I love love Trevor. Grew up with him, and, you know, close with the family, and I, I think he just needs a, a little bit extra motivation drive i'm i don't know exactly what he does during the week as far as prep and working out and this and that but you know from from the the instagram posts and social media and this and that it's i don't see the 110 percent commitment that some of these other guys have like you know uh-huh. just it uh, just just a little bit more. I, yeah, I, 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 I get I that. Know, like I said, I don't know exactly what his program is as far as working out, training, and all that stuff. But from from my standpoint, that's kind of what it seems like. I mean, again, super super talented. Just there's he's missing that last you know one percent two percent to get him up to those front guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree. He he's definitely talented. I mean, his two championships prove it back to back, and you know, hopefully, hopefully he gets that Cowie figured out and gets back up on on the box on a regular basis. Uh, last question for you: National Hairnouts. Mm-hmm. So you got, you know, Wasson's leading. He's got a twenty-three point lead over Zane Roberts. Is Wasson is Wasson a lock? They've got uh, four rounds. Um, I would say yes, but Joe's. 
I think Joe's matured uh, since since his hand injury. Oh, I mean, pretty much almost got almost off his hand. Yeah, but that was uh, bad. Yeah, we'll 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 call it an injury just so that it's uh, make ourselves feel better about it. Right. Um, but yeah, since since that, I think he's matured to where he's not willing to, you know, do those super crazy stupid stuff. You know where. You're, you know, the first 10, 15 miles of the, the nationals where you have to go, you know, you come over a rise and you're like, I don't know what's on the backside, but I'm going to send it fifth gear wide open because I have to. Um, I think he's matured enough to mitigate those risks to an extent. Um, you know, if this was two years ago, three years ago, I wouldn't say hundred percent lock, but yeah, I think, I think at this point he's mature enough old enough, smart enough that it's pretty much a lock as long as there's no, you know, super oddball things going on, you know, motors having issue, mechanicals. Yeah. Something. Because I mean, I mean, Preston Campbell and in third and Justin Morgan in fourth, they're 51 and 60 points out. So they're, not, they're, not to say yeah. that they're out of it mathematically, but that's a big chunk to make up. So his, his real, his real threat is, Zane Roberts, who's on, who's been on the gas, man. I mean, he's finished in second, third. So, I mean, is it is it four races of race manager for for Wasson just to make sure? Because I mean, if he if if Roberts wins the next four and Joe wins or finishes second, I mean, he still wins by three points. Yeah, and, and I I don't think Joe Joe's mentality isn't to just back it off, but I think. You know, at least going into a race, he's not going to go. Hey, I'm going to go get second today. But I don't, I don't, I think he's mature enough to during the race go. Hey, I'm in second. I don't need to win this one. I'm good. I can, I can let this one go. Or where, you know, it, but if he's in that position of I'm leading the race, I, I think he'll fight for that win regardless of if it's Zane, if it's somebody else, you know, he's still going to fight to, to get that win because that's just what his attitude is. Right. All right. That's, that's who he is as a person. Fair enough. All right. Let's try. I guess we can wrap this up now. We've, we've been talking forever, but before we do that, let's, uh, let me upcoming races and then we'll actually, we'll actually talk about two more, but <laughs> you've got, uh, um, the Western Hair Scrambles is, is this weekend in Hagerman, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, this weekend is also the they fall by uh, Last Dog Standing um, at Glen Helen this weekend. Yep, going to go um, do both of those. Yeah, the following weekend you've got Best of the Desert with the World uh, Championship Hare and Hound. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in Tonopah. It's also District 37 uh, Ruts MC. They've got their uh, dual year on the 22nd and 23rd. Uh, let's see, SRA. Uh, those are once a month. You and I do those. Those are fun. Rich and Kathy are cool people. That's uh, Sunday the 30th in Glen Helen. It's also, we talked about it earlier, it's uh, the POHGP, the first annual. That's that's up in POH, Nevada. That's the 29th and 30th of then you've got uh, work side by side and ATVs or quads on June fourth in Preston, Idaho, and then following weekend is their motor motorcycles only in Preston, Idaho, and finish out June with the uh, District Thirty Seven Hundreds MCs uh, Sprint Enduro. 
and then we're kind of all on break through what July and part of August. Yeah, and pretty then much. We'll go back to racing. But um, hey, this weekend, Sprint Enduro, yes, sir, Sprint Helen, and then last dog standing. Ooh. So I, I saw the track maps up today. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like some new, some cool new stuff for the Sprint Enduro, and shoot. You know, Glen Helen's, and there's nothing really better than that place. It's the center of the off-road universe motor. Yeah. What What are you expecting? I mean, we're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna have a live tomorrow with uh, Craig Hunter, who says he knows <laughs> everything about what's going on, which you're doubting. You say Trevor probably knows uh, more. Than anybody? Um, um. Yeah. I. I. I would say Trevor's probably the uh, uh, this year is the the guy to talk to about uh, you know race information, race course layouts, what's, how things are going to be operating. But yeah, I mean, Craig's, Craig's definitely in the know, um, you know, not, not to, not trying to put him down or anything like that, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. The, uh, the sprint enduro, um, the layout is kind of, it's, it's backwards from what we did two years ago, um, which everybody really enjoyed it. Uh, we kind of tailored the difficulty for the classes that were going to be on each particular test. Mm-hmm. Um, so first test should be kind of out in the parking lot and more of a um, kind of a, a skills test as far as uh, cornering and being able to link different corners and sections together in a fast and efficient manner. Um, then the second test is going to be, uh, kind of fire roads, ridges, uh, some of the Creek beds that run alongside the, the, the roads, um, a little bit of motocross track and just kind of, kind of some, some stuff that's a little bit awkward to get through, but not necessarily difficult. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of, it's difficult to get through it fast. And so that, that'll be test two and then test three. Um, I haven't really had almost any involvement other than looking at the maps and seeing pictures that get posted, but, uh, it's from, from what I hear, it's going to be the, the most technical test, um, a little bit more technical than what we had last year or right. two years ago. Um, but not to the difficulty to where we're having bottlenecks people, you know, struggling to get up section it's just a matter of trying to do it fast is the hard part not necessarily getting through the sections or anything like that so um, a lot of single track a lot of running down canyons that are uh, in last dog but we're going to be running up them so you get that different that you know that technical level uh, because you're riding through the the rocks through the the tight narrow spots but you got gravity on your side. You're not trying to fight too much there. Exactly. And and guys, if you've never done a sprint enduro, you you got to do one. I mean, it's, it's so much fun. It's nothing about anything other than racing. The- you've got you've got a test. It's a certain mileage. You start 20 seconds apart from the guy in front of you and the guy behind you, and you go as fast as you can. And you get a certain amount of time to to finish all your tests, whether you're doing you know four tests or six tests, and you can stop in between if you want and go get a sandwich, get new goggles, whatever you need to do. It's it's just a fun time. And then Sunday's last dog, mm-hmm. you know, all the big boys are coming for that for sure. So you know that's that's that thing's always a treat. 
Uh, and yeah, uh, Mav that's... and Mav TV will be there again this year, and I'm assuming they're going to film Saturday and Sunday. So, your chance to be on TV if you want to be famous or pretend you're famous. Yeah, I, I just really hope they get me looping out my bike again because I last last year I did it for and nobody got it on camera. Other than you know, there's one still photo, but I didn't make TV. And All right, I'll I'll make sure that I'm with those guys over at the hill climb. There, I'll have Perfect. my camera going too. One way or another, we'll we'll get you looping your bike out on the big giant hill climb. Perfect. I'm I'm not throwing my bike through bushes and down a uh, you know a hundred foot hill for nothing again. Thank you. So, all right. So go do some racing, you guys. There's plenty of options over the next four weeks to go race. Uh, whatever you choose to do, do it. Um, it's good for the sport. It's good for West Coast off-road. Um, I say this all the time. I'm tired of the East Coast getting all the notoriety when there's guys on this side of the planet. So, um, And then you and I talked about this, or you brought this up. Um, let's do something Saturday night. Let's yeah. uh let's get a bunch of people together and maybe we'll have like a maybe we'll do some kind of a campfire thing and we can tell stories, talk about racing and get some yeah. get some good stuff with, with some people. <laughs> yeah, we'll, no we'll, no no way that turns south. I, I like that idea. We'll get Nick Garvin so we can make fun of him and you know Mr. We'll find... Mr. Best in the Desert. Mm-hmm. Hey. He's he's leading the points. He won the first race. Cross our two. fingers. Cross our fingers, man. Yeah. So we got we to gotta keep him going. All right. I don't want to hear you giving me any more shit about you have nothing to work. Now you no. definitely have something because this thing has been an hour and 41 minutes. Well, yeah. Of course, I'm going to listen to myself. So. Yeah. I'm saying going to like it because he's, oh, he already told me, man, just make it 45 minutes. You know, that, that way people will, you know, listen to it. You won't lose. Yeah. I mean, I, I see that, but. Yeah, that's we covered some of that stuff in the first forty-five. Yeah, exactly. So think about what you want to cover this weekend, and uh, I'll see you on uh, Saturday. And I know it's what is it? Oh, it's ten thirty your time. Yeah. So it's way past your bedtime, bro. Oh, I I know it, man. I gotta I gotta wake up early and eat some ice cream. All right. Well, hey, man. No, no. I appreciate I appreciate you stepping in for uh, Schultz. Hey, you, you need to you need to improve at some point. You know, you you had to do better than second place, and so <laughs> that's that's what I'm here to do for you. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, I will see you this weekend. I'll get this thing edited up and maybe post it tonight or tomorrow so you can listen to it on your way to work. Perfect. Um, but uh, other than that, man, thanks, bro. Enjoy the rest yeah. of your night, man. Thanks, Scott. All right, man. See you out.